Hi, Kate. Hello. Hi, Kate. <laughs> I hate being on video, just so you know. <laughs> Me too. So, yeah. Enjoy. I don't even know how I got on here, so it's okay. But I had to I do, am. and I have not used Zoom in about a year, and my computer wanted an update. Like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> it does that. Hi, Lucas. Ask Patrick. He yeah, knows all going. about the updates. Yeah. Every other episode. Hey, Lucas. Howdy, howdy. There he is. Can so, I, can I ask a Kate question? Kate is is Kate DeJong the same Kate as Kate Kinston, or is yes. there okay? Yeah, so there's a bit of a tale to that. Um, my new married name is DeJong since 2019, but my husband and I decided the name sounded weird and nobody could pronounce it, so I went back to Kingston, which I was a paranormal investigator for. A lot of years and all of my work online and videos and stuff is under Kingston. But then I started having nightmares about my ex husband. So I'm actually going back to Dion. <laughs> but for this mm. book, it's staying as Kingston because this is based on a true story that I don't really want my family to find. And they <laughs> all look for me as Dion right now. Okay. So feel free to say no. I think it's going to be a no, but. Can I keep that bit or are you more comfortable if I cut that out? No, you can say that. I didn't tell any of my family I'm doing something on video. So. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Dead Headspace. I'm your host, Patrick R. McDonough, not joined today by host Brennan or Candace. Because Clay McLeod Chapman is in the host seat and Brennan and Candace are in the uh, guest seat. Say hello, Clay. Hey, everybody. It's Clay McLeod Chapman. I am your eye in the sky weatherman. And today we're going to be talking about dark disasters. There's a cold front coming in from the west with a little bit of rain coming in from the north. And that's about as all as much as I prepared for the night. But uh, thank you. All for right. I am firing myself from the show. You are taking over, sir. Goodbye. Oh, this is just in. My tenure as weatherman is over. I am now taking over as the host of Dead Headspace, everybody. Thank you. Hey. So, and we just go. fired himself. Yeah, I do it. I do it like every other every other one. Um, Candace, say hello. Hello. Brian LaFaro, say hello. Hello. And we got Christopher Rufty. Say hello, sir. Hello. And we have Kate DeYoung. Yes. All right. Bonjour from Canada. All right. And then we have Lucas Mangum. Did I say that right? You did. You did. Congratulations. Take that, Brennan. So, all right. We're going to dive into this Dark Disasters. I don't know why I called you out there, but I did. Dark Disasters. Candice, you are the publisher. You put this all together. Tell us from the... Uh, beginning how how why anything else what why, why do you start with me um let me see how why what where when really anything okay. I, i'm just throwing out words and if you grab one i feel like i got that right okay so let's see uh this would be the third installment of the dark cousin Antho, which was a uh, 
idea I had about two years ago. And it is published in conjunction with the Uncomfortably Dark website and the fall author interviews that I have every year called The Dark Dozen, which is usually 12, 12 authors, 12 weeks, 12 questions. So I had that the first year I started a website, which was 2020. And then in 2021, I thought, well, why not follow that up with a story from each one of those people on the interviews and that turned into the first um antho the baker's dozen which went on to win the 2022 spotter punk awards <laughs> brendan come on this is serious man how rude is that you doing the balloons i am literally not touching a thing <laughs> all right there's just balloons That's but new. anyway that was the first one too far that was the first one and then last year we what are we are we good yeah my bad sure yeah sorry carry on (laughs) anyway we had the first one and then i followed that last year with trapped and this year the theme was of course as clay mentioned um based on natural disasters so the authors were approached with the theme of your story has to unfold in the midst of a natural natural disaster because what could be more terrifying than throwing mother nature into the mix so that's what it is this is the third one, and it releases this week weekend, and actually drops tomorrow on the the Podless platform. So November twenty first, it is actually out. Um, I think this airs after that. So if you're hearing this, it's already out. Yeah, two two days after. Yeah. So there it, you go. It's pretty wild that you. I mean, <laughs> we've we've kind of had brief discussions about this in the past but you've you ostensibly have like your own kind of publishing empire going on here and this this trilogy of of anthologies i i i want to ask the themes of each have they have they been kind of mapped out ahead of time like did you always know that there was going to be three is is this kind of just a pit stop along the lines of the fourth the fifth the sixth like next year's is planned um, I already have eight of the 12 already signed. I actually have three of the stories for next year's. Um, do I have the concepts already planned out ahead of time? No, if they just kind of hit me over the year and something sticks. Um, this one I had the idea for by... I want to say September of last year because the authors for this 12 were already approached and signed by November. I think before the last anthology came out last year, these guys were already signed. Um, Next year's is already planned and mostly signed. And we'll see what pops in my head next year for part five. And and do the themes themselves kind of uh, suggest the authors that you'll approach? Like, did you say to yourself, ah, this is going to be a natural disasters anthology. I got to hit up Lucas. I got to hit up 
uh, Brennan. I have to, you know, yeah. was yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, because I had a clue of the type of stories I wanted in this this one. And I knew what kind of mix that I wanted. So those are the folks that I went after. Now, next year's is going to be a whole different theme. It's um, Edgar Allan Poe, retold. So I already had a whole slew of authors in mind that I think would do really well with that. So eight of them are already signed. So we'll see how that goes. That makes sense that, that you would do Poe. Clay, yeah. <laughs> Clay, I don't want us to bring your toes. Did you want to carry on or? I mean, the... I I'll I think we just jam. Let's just let's just keep firing questions. You got to. Right. I'll pretend I'm the drummer like usual, and uh, because I love that. So we're gonna jump into you, Brennan. You started off first off. You you have the introduction story. Um, tell us what the title is, what it's about. Oh, without spoilers. No spoilers. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I was um, <clears throat> both surprised and honored to to go right up at the beginning. Um, I don't think I've ever had the lead off story in an anthology before. So this was a nice first for me. Um, I wrote a story in here called The Sleepwalk Society, and it is very much, you know, in my voice or in, you know, from my angle, uh, an homage to uh, Peter Straub and Ghost Story. Uh, I wanted to do something with my my very own Chowder Society, um, and it kind of led me to write it from a place with a little more restraint, at least at the beginning, before you know the shit hits the fan. Um, but it's essentially a story about a group of friends who meet once a year in a lodge and tell stories that, you know, tend to be ghost stories, but that's not necessarily a requirement. And on the night in question, they're meeting in the midst of the worst nor'easter that, you know, the state or area has seen in a, in a long, long time. And weird stuff starts to happen that kind of gets bounced around between the narrative and the story that is being told to the group. Um, and, you know, in addition to being kind of a, an, an homage to, to Straub, I also had John Langan in mind when I wrote it with his ability to kind of put a story within a story and have two threads going at once. And I'll leave it there for lack of spoilers. And I know I t told you privately, but to me, that's the best thing you've ever written. Uh, not to poo-poo previous work, but it was really well done. Um, you told me it was about Straub, and that's my kind of like my, my soft spot is uh, him and his work. So I, I thought that was really neat how, how you told it. Um, and it just kind of progresses in a really nice way, too, that I kind of feel like he would write. Uh in, in that progression for a story. Um, I want to throw it to you, Clay. Um, I, well, it's funny because like, I, I want to, I have some macro questions for all the authors, but Brennan, for yours piece, like, are you creating a web 
of narratives that are kind of like incrementally told through stories? Like, is there a, is there a larger story that's here? Like, does this feed into other pieces that you've written, um, re reoccurring characters or anything like that? No, it's a really interesting question, but every, everybody in this story was somebody was who was created for this story. Now, whether it would stay that way, I don't know. That's an interesting thought to have. Maybe it'll, Maybe maybe that world will get revisited down the line, but no, this was very, very much a standalone. Yes. I mean, it's it's funny because like I, I the vibe that I got was that it, it you know in in these kind of anthology films, let's say there's mm. the wraparound story, and I like I I feel like maybe it had something to do with the fact that you were the first, but that that kind of framing device of cold and stormy night sharing stories like it it felt like a kind of aperture into a larger world and it maybe it's because the the material material of yours that I'm most familiar with are short stories um but it felt like here's the gateway into more of 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 you like I I don't know like I I'm just I I won't I won't keep asking but but I do I, I just I'm just so curious like have you ever thought of expanding this into something more not until right now but no um I I I, I do think God. that would be interesting because you know the um the the there there are essentially five characters five men who are part of this club um and they also kind of get weaved into the story, into the narrative, except they get um, not nicknames, nicknames isn't right, but almost kind of titles uh, that reflect their real world counterparts. And I, I think it could be interesting to, you know, since we only have the story from the main character um, running throughout to, to have stories told by the others in previous years and, you know, maybe they don't go quite as chaotic but they they do have kind of they could have kind of a uh, real life reflection um yeah no that's interesting um and now i'm considering it because i don't have enough projects on the burner <laughs> <laughs> never enough so i want to say this title because it's kind of funny as hell face melting disaster porn you're up next there lucas hello tell us, tell, tell us all about it man Oh, um, so face melting disaster porn is a title I can't say with a straight face, but um, it's about a family that gets kind of taken hostage during a volcanic eruption. And then things get really weird. Um, I mean, that's that's really it. I mean, the 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 kidnapper cool. is is a kind of a former boyfriend of the of the of the mom, I guess. Um, and him and his sister are like kind of weird almost ed lee kind of characters um and it just i don't know they're they're just stuck in this house waiting for the lava to overtake it and then um i don't know <laughs> I, i'm curious if you found yourself making you because i i did this for for the recent story that i wrote for k trap and that's in the same world of ed lee i found myself laughing unintentionally at stupid shit i was writing yeah not I, stupid I in the sense of it's not often. yeah okay that i i had to pull myself back there uh don't insult the guests i know brennan because that's something you would tell me um sure sure 
no, but in all seriousness, did you find yourself laughing a lot at the story that you wrote? And uh, was it hard to kind of restrain yourself from going too far? Because that that is a fine, it's a good story, but it's a fine line where you could have made it silly and yes. you kept the tension really. Uh, it, it was there the whole time. So oddly enough, I originally wanted to do a a very serious story initially. I, I, my initial idea was to do um, a like mass shooting scenario in a volcanic eruption. And I just, I don't know, I just didn't want to go to that place <laughs> mentally. Uh, so I, I, I was like, I went, you know, back to the drawing board. Um, and yeah, no, just I yeah, trying to trying to do something that's funny but also retains that tension. Like, yeah, it does require a lot of I will say like this was even though it's a I, I think it's a fun story to read, like it was one of the harder things I've I've written because because I was trying to keep that balance. I was like, okay, this is still a serious situation, but I'm I'm kind of you know, playing around with tone and 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 such um so it did it did require a little bit of uh self-control i guess i guess we should say sorry i didn't realize i muted myself um so you got anything to say on this one well it i mean it really brings up a good question that idea of like in this in this day and age you know where you can kind of crack open your window and get hit with any one of these these kind of uh you know regardless of where you are maybe maybe it's arizona maybe it's alaska but like you know we're we're being beset at the moment with a, a kind of shift in the climate um so how like it's 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 interesting to kind of see a story kind of approach it with a with kind of nimble with like a light touch like and i is that a conscious decision on your part of like, well, wanting to keep things away from the kind of dour reality of, of, of what's, of where we are, or? I mean, I mean, at this point you, you can either laugh or cry. I mean, maybe both, <laughs> maybe both. Uh, but for this story, I, I guess I went with a little more, I leaned into more the absurdity of it, I guess. Yeah. Um, and was the idea like, did you have straight out of the gates? Oh, this is going to be a volcanic eruption. Like, that's that's where. It's, it's yeah, going. I landed on volcano pretty quick. Um, I I I had a lot of affection for the uh, Tommy Lee Jones starring classic uh, volcano. Oh yeah, the coast that's is a, toast. Um, that's a fun I still movie. remember that tagline from like thirty years ago. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, so I don't know. I've always been fascinated by volcanoes and just thought it'd be fun to, to kind of put one in this story and it hadn't been claimed yet by the other by the other um authors so i was like all right we're doing this is, is this your first volcano like have you ever written about a volcano before um i wouldn't be surprised if i wrote some volcano stories when i was a kid but i, I don't really remember um and so yeah this i, I we can call this my first <laughs> there's always the first yes but that's I mean, that's a huge question that like just saying that, like nobody else had claimed it like it. Can I ask a Candace question? Is it is it OK to ask Candace a question? Interrupt me. Ask anyone any question. As long as they don't say stop. Keep going, dude. 
Well then, we're, okay, so we're like, jamming it. It's like a fish concert. Yeah, <laughs> playing the drums, Patrick. Um, then... But like the okay, like the the net is cast. I'm approaching all of these writers to uh, pick their natural disasters and tell their their stories. Uh, did you have a running list of? Uh, oh, can't do blizzards. Like, oh, can't do volcanoes. Like, oh, can't do, you know, I, I like if if someone else called it or claimed it, like, mm-hmm. get it struck from the list. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I made a group chat. I think was everybody in January, and just kind of let them go through and yell out what they wanted. And as long as they were different enough, then it stayed. But I don't think we had anyone actually want to write about the same. I think there were two Blizzard-type stories, but not exactly the same. So I just let them stay. Yeah. (laughs) What natural disasters didn't make? the the cut like did was there were there any left that you were like oh man nobody picked um did anyone don't have a (laughs) we don't have a locust plague um we don't have a tsunami i don't think Mm -mm. there's wildfires there's a volcano there's a blizzard there's nor'easters there's a hurricane there's a mudslide um what are we missing? Uh, there is a awful like lightning rainstorm where something occurs within that. Um, I think the tsunami might be the only one that we really didn't. And a tornado. There was, was talks. Tornado? There was talks of a tornado fire at one point. Yeah, there was a talk of one, but yeah, I don't Kate, think anyone yeah. actually wrote it. And I think the one rainstorm there was like maybe the start of a tornado type cloud but there wasn't actually a tornado story written so i think we had a nice mix i was pleased (laughs) had you did you do like a running list was it like did you did you start with you know in this group chat were you like here are all these natural disasters now pick one no i just i just let them yell it out there you go. And we just I all stayed in that chat. We're all still in that chat now. So because I just it's easier to just let everyone know all the up uh, the updates at once. So it's just all still there. So they just yelled it out. I think we had three people change. There was talks of a tornado wildfire or a fire tornado sort of. Do you recall that? Yes. Tornado Kate, fire. That was I you. Have, yeah. yeah. I do have a wildfire or I have a fire NATO in mind because someone suggested that I could expand it to that. So I add. Right. So, yeah, I I don't think we had anything else that was exactly the same. So it was fun. So, Kate, you're up next. Speaking of uh, wildfire, short story. (laughs) Tell us, tell us what you want to tell us about that. (laughs) I don't know if I should say cut and stop and ask permission to talk about this one just because it's based on a true story of my life and I've never come out with that anywhere else, which is why I'm under a disguised name. You may say as much as you are comfortable with, ma'am. 
Okay. Okay. So wildfire, I wrote it during the summer here in Canada. Uh, as the world knows, we had wildfires going on from coast to coast. And where I am, just south of Toronto, it was bad enough that there were days we couldn't go outside. The wildfire smoke was blowing this far south. Um, I'm pretty sure it went through the States as well. Anyway, I originally had a story that I was going to do about a tornado. And then living through the wildfire smoke, having that reality around you, this actual natural disaster, was food or, I guess, fuel for the story. And I went to a very dark place, which is why I'm using an alternate author name. I decided to sort of tell the story of my real childhood. So has, I know Candace has read the story. Has anyone else here read Wildfire? Patrick has. Yeah, oh, sorry, yeah. I was... I'm meeting myself again. Yeah, I read, uh, I read every story. I thought they were all great. Okay. So, and Clay too has, I believe. I didn't actually kill my grandparents, but this is the story. It's my revenge story because as a child, only people who watch this will know I was actually taken by a cult. So, all of the stuff that my main character remembers and talks about with her grandparents or things that actually happened. So this was my sort of opus magnum, I guess, as a 50-year-old now looking back on everything that's happened and how it's shaped my life. This was a really cool way to exercise those demons and kill off the people who caused that trauma in a way that nobody outside of your viewers will ever know because I'm not publishing it. Yeah, that's a, true. that's deep. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so. it's a lot. And I realize we're trying to be light and fun here. No, that's all right. So. Um, it, it, <clears throat> this show goes in all corners. So <laughs> I'm wondering, you just kind of answered this question, but did it help you mentally or any other way to put that out there? It did. It was a lot of, I mean, the way that I write, if anybody's read any of the rest of my work, I try to focus on the crossroads where mental health or mental illness and horror prospect. I think there's a very strong crossroads there as someone who has lived with CPTSD all of my life and other things. Um, so this was a really neat exercise in pushing myself. I mean, I pushed myself harder for this story than I have for anything I've ever written. Uh, yes, I'm hiding behind a different writing name, but it was very cleansing, I think, to finally be able to kill off those demons in my story. That's really brave of you. Uh, truly, that's that's incredible. Um, like, I don't know what else to follow that up with. Do you have anything? <laughs> I don't want to make come off as jokey or whatever right now. So no, nope. and it, it's okay. This is not like a, I'm not crying. This is not a 
a trauma or traumatic oh, experience for I... talking about it right now. Um, I kind of want it to be like an Easter egg for horror fans to know that sometimes what we write about is from our real lives. And I hope that anybody who's watching this can think about their stuff and maybe write it down in a fictional story and slay those dragons too. I'm sure that you're, there's no way to know, but I'm sure that you're going to be helping more people than you realize. I hope so. I do have other lighter stuff, just not this. (laughs) (laughs) Clay. Well, what came first? I, I like the, the invitation to submit or to take part in this, this anthology. And then you have the true story, your kind of personal story. And then you have the uh, natural disaster, the, 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 the fire itself. So I, I'm, I'm curious, like, did you think of the fire, think of the, the, the kind of natural disaster as the kind of impetus for telling a story and then came to the, the epiphany of like wanting to write about your, your personal self, your personal past, or was it starting from a place of your own history and, and figuring out how to kind of configure a natural disaster around that? First of all, when I got the invitation, I cried because this is Candace and these are award-winning anthologies. And I have this um, imposter syndrome thing going on. Like, why would anyone invite me to be a part of this massive project? So I was beyond thrilled to be invited to be part of this. And then I really struggled. Like, how can I come up with a story that's good enough for Candace and this legacy that she's building? So I went through, I probably have 20 started stories in my Google Docs. And I actually don't remember what it was. There was something about the choking hazy smoke outside that maybe triggered something I don't know but I went from the original tornado story that I was working on to this wildfire thinking maybe that because I was living with smoke and all of that around me that it would make it easier to write and I am a pantser rather than a plotter we all know what that means and so I sort of just sit at the computer and start typing and it all happens. I don't think there really was a plan for wildfire. It just sort of happened. Well, I might cry now, so okay. (laughs) You guys are all wondering why the hell you invited me to participate in this. No, no, no. No, No, ma'am. I'm wondering why you... (laughs) Candace, is this the first time you're hearing this? No, but I wasn't expecting her to say it out loud. Um, I mean, I'm just me. I'm not. <laughs> and Kate, I, I, I know you have the imposter syndrome struggle. You and I have talked about this, but your work speaks for itself. Mm-hmm. And I've been reading you for a couple of years now, and. I knew when I was going to do the third antho that you were definitely on my list. You had been on the list for like six months to ask. 
And the and I, I also I don't think I'm used to hearing people say, I don't know, anything in reference to me as being, I don't, I don't know, like words like legacy, whatever. Like I, yeah. I'm just me doing something that I just love to do. And I I don't think it's hit me yet that people have me in this sort of I don't know, like regard or <laughs> so hearing that yeah no it's it always makes me just like but why <laughs> just me Dude. but your story was fantastic and you already know that when I read it I knew like because I had talked to you right after that so Dude, interestingly I... enough that's also why I invited you oh because you knew I'd I, come in here with everyone mm -hmm. being fun and I'd be all like no why yeah. I invited you to write for the antho itself because I knew part of your story like you know mine and I wanted a range of emotions in this one and I know you're the same type of writer that I am. You write from your heart, you write from life experiences, you write from things you went through and things that you feel. And I wanted that in this. I like to have a range of emotions. And the anthos have a theme, yeah, but I like to put a range of emotions in them to take the reader on a journey through an emotional experience. It's not just about, oh, we're going to read about blizzards and hurricanes and mudslides. We're going to read about, you know, fear and terror and depression and sadness and abuse and overcoming those struggles and how we deal with those struggles and processing all of that in the midst of this storm that is happening because it's all a metaphor, right? The outside storm that is taking place is really just a metaphor for the internal storms that either we're going through or the main characters are going through. And that's what the theme of the anthology was about. It wasn't about the natural disasters. It was about that struggle, that internal storm that we all witness and experience and have to process and go through and I knew with the particular group of authors that I had in here that we would have that. We would have that entire emotional range of the human experience. And we did. And you guys nailed it. So that's why you're in it, ma'am. I think we're all honored to be part of your life. Well, I'm honored that you all said yes, because if you want the truth, I was crying when some of you guys said yeah to me. So yeah, I um this one I think I was more scared asking the 12 than I was the first two years because I went after some people in this one that I either didn't know that well or that I felt sort of inferior to or maybe not on the same level as them. So maybe they wouldn't have said yes. And there were six that I was absolutely terrified. To ask, but every single person said yes without hesitation, without knowing the rules, the parameters, the pay. Everybody said yes. And then I sat down and cried for the rest of the day and then I moved forward. So, yeah. <laughs> anyway. We love you, Candace. So, Christopher. <laughs> 
Christopher Rufty. You close yes. the anthology, sir. Tell us about No Shelter. Um, that's about um, a hurricane. Um, people have power. It's a family, and a stranger shows up at their front door and um, with a shotgun. So that's really about all I can probably say about that without giving away the little twist that happens in it. But um, I think I wrote it in a day. I had so much fun with that. <laughs> Okay. Um, I'm thinking about what I can say without spoiling anything. So I'll just say that the focal points that you had with the what happens after the initial um, introduction of who's at the door just was fucking crazy and awesome. And oh, awesome. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. To me, it felt like the perfect story to end the anthology because it's just it's fast paced it's it's wild it has it has a uh, familiar themes to the characters in it their relationships but you do something really well which is it's it's unique it's your own voice and like i kind of found myself rooting for people i wasn't sure i even liked in the beginning so you showed different sides to who they are and and that's I think just, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I can't really go into detail without explaining it, and it will ruin the twist, so I'm not doing that. But, I, yeah, this is a hard, tight rope to climb, uh, walk across. Can't think of the right words in the right order. Uh, Clay, how would you save me a little <laughs> bit, buddy? <laughs> I'll I'll avoid spoilers and just ask, is this, and, and this can go for the whole panel, but, like, have you ever kind of experienced the natural disasters that you have written about like were you ever in yeah actually the funny thing is when candace sent me the invite or actually started the group chat i was sitting in my living room with no power in a hurricane and she was asking people to claim you know their natural disasters so i said well i'll take hurricane because i'm dealing with one right now so that was where that came and I, that night i had the idea actually so i was like gosh if Someone just showed up, you know, there's like the alarm doesn't work. Cell phone towers aren't working, you know, so I'm like, would be screwed. <laughs> Can you imagine had the hurricane not come that night and uh, you would be like, well, maybe I'll do maybe I'll do a flood. Maybe I'll do a flood. Maybe I'll do you know. um, the, the fortuitous timing of it all is great. Um, which makes me think Candace had uh, a hand in that somehow. Um, <laughs> she's manipulating the weather for pulling the strings. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like like most editors do, right? Um, here's your writing prompt. Um, I'm not that magical. <laughs> <laughs> That's what a magical creature would say. This is true. <laughs> Now, Kate already suggested that she was quite literally dealing with, you know, inhaling smoke. But I mean, for for Lucas and Brennan, like, were you uh, has this ever kind of crossed your 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 path, your your cataclysmic events? Uh, never been in a volcano eruption. I've been through <laughs> I've been through a few hurricanes. I've been through a lot of ice storms because apparently Texas has decided that it's completely lost its mind the last three years. And every February we get hit with these insane ice storms that 
take out the power and everything. Um, and yeah, yeah, few hurricanes, few ice storms. Sadly, no volcanoes. That sucks. I mean, because <laughs> yeah, the lava, lava's slow. Like you can outrun it. I mean, uh, you know. <laughs> so at least I don't know. So unless someone pushes you down, just to like get ahead of it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, actually, I have a question from another Lucas. Uh, Lucas Milliron. He the other Lucas M. <laughs> That's what I fucking said. When I told him who's on this episode, he literally said, ha, the other LM. So he does ask when we're getting another episode of Make Your Own Damn Podcast. Oh, they come out every uh, every Thursday. Um, or, or, I'm sorry, every other Thursday with uh, our bonus episodes come out um, on the alternate weeks. And those are behind a paywall. But uh, but our free episodes come out every other Thursday. Um, you can check them out at uh, Make Your Own Damn Podcast. Uh, dot, I don't know. Just you know how google works <laughs> i think it's dot libsyn.com um but uh and or and then if you want to uh if you want to be extra special to us you can uh you can go to patreon.com slash make your own damn podcast but we're on spotify apple uh youtube all that stuff there you go so my not that we're wrapping up this second but my closing question is for all of you and i'm gonna make candace feel very uncomfortable as she did me when I was the editor for an anthology we covered, Brennan, you start first. No, actually, I'm changing this up. Kate, you first. What was your experience like working with Candace and make it as adorable and cute? This is for all of you. Make it very loving, very cute, affectionate, throwing I love her, whatever you want. You guys use your own words. You're writers. Figure it out. None of them like me, Pat. It's fine. <laughs> you hate me. <laughs> me, it was but awful. No, I would Sorry. like to know. I, I just, I honestly would like to hear their answer, though. Um, ignore my follow-up about saying I love you. She does not want to hear that. So, apparently, we're not allowed to say I love you. This is... <laughs> but, <laughs> but you all do. Uh, <laughs> my personal experience working with Candace as the lady in charge of this anthology she is like the camp mom so she's there to hold your hand and be kind and informative and make you feel good about yourself while keeping you in line at the same time and she sends back editing feedback and is not mean about it at all it's the first actual professional editing feedback I've ever had with like the red lines and suggestions and stuff. So that was fun. Uh, but she, Candace is hands down the nicest person on the internet. The end. Yeah. Um, that's kind of like her on the show behind the scenes. Um, I'm pretty sure she owns the podcast now. So she, she and my wife are the bosses. Brennan's above me, and I listen to all three of them. They are very smart. So next is Christopher. Tell us your experience, sir. Um, I agree with Kate, especially about the uh, the kind editing and um, like if there's something that doesn't work or if there's a typo or anything, she just very sweetly points it out. Um, I've worked with a lot of publishers where like a little simple typo um they just make fun of you for it for you know every time they see you and it kind of becomes like this running joke um 
That's fucked but up. You don't get that with Candace, and Candace is definitely a protector, and she's a great leader. Um, so I've, and I was so impressed with working with her through this that I've started working with her through other projects and everything, and it's been very exciting and a whole lot of fun. Oh, I don't even. She has not even mentioned that's us. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Maybe she has. I don't know. Well, that's like embarrassing for you. <laughs> yeah, it is. I'm gonna cut this out. Just kidding. No, I'm not. Wow, All right. Wow, Patrick. Wow. I feel like she has. I'm sorry. I blame my uh my dumbass brain. So, Lucas, you're next, sir. Yeah. So. I knew I wanted to do something with Candace um, as soon as I held that first uh, Baker's Dozen anthology in my hand, mm. like that that hardcover with the black paper. And I was just like, what is this? This is gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, I want a story in one of these. Um, but no, I mean, during the actual process, it was great. I was a little nervous about handing in my story because of how kind of crazy it gets and kind of the tonal shifts and everything. Um, but ultimately, and this was something that she like, you know, um, reinforced was I was like, well, she asked for a story for me for a reason. Like she knows what I do. Like we did this, <laughs> we did these silly uh, um, uh, 1950s style books uh, last year. Uh, uh, she, um, Judith Sonnet and I, we wrote, it was, and so like, she knows that I'm not, that sometimes I, I like to get a little silly. Um, I can be serious too. I've got, I've got those books as well. Um, but, uh, I was, um, I don't know. It was, it was great. It was, I, I liked, I liked the feedback she had and I, and it was really, um, validating to be a part of this, this project and, uh, yeah, I can't wait to hold it in my hands. Yeah. Baker's dozens. Incredible. Um, yeah. Brennan. Yeah, no, I'd echo a lot of those things where I was honored to even be considered to be asked, um, Felt like a mistake, honestly. Um, <laughs> but it, the the biggest thing is the the edits were very thoughtful. Um, sometimes you'll get edits back, and it feels as though the person who went through didn't understand choices that were made for voice, for rhythm, for you know a multitude of reasons. And there are some and you, you, it can feel like a waste of time where you're rejecting suggestions because you're like this person, you know, not to tote myself as this, you know, great literary mind, but sometimes you can just tell somebody just doesn't get what you're doing. Um, and there's none of that in here. There aren't, you know, frivolous suggestions. And on top of that, you can tell that she goes through multiple passes to understand, you know, not just your style, but where the story's going. So, and, and, you know, I've worked with editors where you get a note that completely contradicts something that happens later on. And it's very clear that they left it on their first go and never went back to kind of double check their understanding of the edits they were suggesting. And there's none of that here. This is, this is somebody who wants to put together a, very nicely done and thoughtful piece of work uh, from front page to back page and puts the care and puts the time in to amplify the voice as opposed to change it. Um, so yeah, that's it. And, and I enjoyed my experience so much that uh, we did work together. Uh, the, my, 
book that's coming out in uh, April, uh, the sequel to Noose, The Demon of Devil's Cavern. Uh, Candace edited that, and I would repeat all the same stuff I just said for that. And, and I'm done talking now. So. Are, we, are we done with the love fest? <laughs> I don't know where that question was going, but uh, Candace, have anything to say? Because I don't want to interrupt if you did. It looked like you did. No, my face hurts not. I don't think I could turn any more pink if I tried. So, <laughs> so we, we blush all of you. That was fantastic. Uh, I don't know. Do you want me to say anything other than thank you and quit making me blush right now? Because I don't... <laughs> You're smart. You say smart things, but if not, Clay, you can jump in, sir. Let <laughs> Clay just totally flip it, reverse it. Tell us what was it like to work with these writers? Like, oh shit! What was he it like? There. Um, terrifying. Can, can can we start with that? Um, why why was it terrifying? So, like I said, there were six people in the ant there that I had to ask that scared the hell out of me. Are you going to tell us who? I mean, I guess. And there were six that I kind of felt like would say yes, that I knew a little bit more, that I had been interacting with more, that I kind of felt like would want to be involved. So those six were the newer people in the industry or that I felt were some of the newer folks like Kate. Brennan, Judith, Tony Evans. Um, those are my sort of regular interactions, people that I knew and people that I just knew I really wanted in this. And then my other six were the big names and people that I had been looking up to for quite a while and reading for quite a while and some of my legendary folks. So Christopher is one of them, um, Tim and Caitlin and Lucas and Rebecca and Andre. Um, they were all just like terrified me and scared me because I was like, these are people I've been reading for a long time that I just really look up to and probably are going to look at me like, what are you even asking me this for? You can't afford me and you don't know what you're doing and you're a rookie. And yeah, I, it was nerve wracking to even approach them and ask this big question for this big idea I had. And like I said, all of them, all 12 said yes, immediately. It was no question as to, well, how much are you going to pay? And what do you want me to write? And how many words? It was an immediate, absolute yes. And then I kind of fell apart and I think I cried for about an hour because just my nerves were shot and I was excited and scared all at once. And I was like, well, I guess I'm doing this again for the third time and maybe, maybe I won't fuck it up. And uh, yeah, so, and just, I don't think I did. <laughs> it no. turned out well. I'm just hearing throughout this entire episode respect is like at the core of everything and it really doesn't matter if you're brand new been doing it for 40 years respect is the utmost important thing and humility and ability to take in constructive criticism because there's no there's no um jerks here you know so i think that's important i like doing these episodes for that reason because we get to hear from all sides 
Um, Clay, you're you're very experienced, sir. I, I want to hear. You don't have to dig deep with details, but I, I'd like to hear your uh, experience and comments on kind of like working with publishers, editors. What's important to you, and what you've noticed with longevity with writers? Because there are newer writers that listen, and if I was a newer writer, I would like to uh, hear. Well, what is the most important things for me to get in my head to make this a long-term thing, if that's what I want? I, th I think you should open that question up to everybody on this panel. Like I don't, I, my, my experience is no different than I think anyone else's here, which is, I mean, I, speaking personally, like I'm a, I'm a needy, I'm a needy writer. Like I need, I need my editor to hold my hand through the whole damn thing. I like, I ask like way too much of the editors I work with. And when I submit something, it's, it's raw and it's bad and it's, it, it, you know, it, it, it's it pretty cringy, but it starts a conversation that, you know, the best editors, <laughs> they, they, they find, they find the nugget and they they kind of sieve uh, it sieve it um, until they you, you can find the kind of the gem somewhere in there. Um, but I mean, I I do think there is something to be said about what Candace is doing, which is creating a stable of authors um, that either have one story or return throughout these the course of these anthologies because um you know at the end of the day like writers are great they're fine but i i think that like the the ability to have an editor who is kind of behind the scenes kind of finessing and kind of pushing and encouraging and 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 elevating like i i, I don't know like no no writer is an island like they need that outside external factor to kind of create that, that alchemy. So um, I, I would prefer to hear these writers talk specifically about what they need <laughs> for, for their writing. Damn yeah. It. It, yeah. No, that is a great segue to, or closer. We'll, we'll, we'll end with that uh, for a wrap up. So we'll start with you, Christopher. Um, what what's most important to you? Gosh, as a writer, mm -hmm. um, just to have fun. Um, I kind of feel like I've been writing since I was a kid, and if I can still have that same amount of fun that I had when I was a kid, writing goofy stories and everything at seven years old. Sorry, my cat's right here. <laughs> but um, if I can still have that same type of fun today that I had when I was first starting out, then I feel like I'm doing something right, regardless of if anybody reads it or not, um, regardless if <clears throat> it gets well, you know, good reviews. If I had a good time doing it and feel that the story was a lot of fun and um, it's like such a crucial part of me that. I don't think I could ever be without it. Um, <clears throat> so 
it's almost like a like a good marriage. You know, you have to get along with it. You have to enjoy it. Um, and if I can still do all those things, then I'm then I'm a happy writer. So, um, and to me, having fun and almost being therapeutic with it too is is like two pluses. And I feel like that if I can do all that, then I'll I'll never stop. And how, who's the editor within that marriage? Is the editor the therapist? Is the editor the, 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 the priest, yeah. the, you know, <laughs> like, who walks you down the aisle? Um, that's, that's a good question. Um, I guess, yeah, the editor would probably be part of the family, you know, um, the, the one that takes those. Hmm? The in-laws? Uh, no, not probably the in-laws. Um, because, you know, I, I like the editors, so, <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, they would probably definitely be the one to, um, maybe the lifeguard, I guess, the one that helps keep you on, on track, keeps you Guys, in the, I'm uh, getting confused what the fuck analogy we're doing. Are they all <laughs> the wedding or? I'm just trying to find, like, put them all in, into a, to a position, but I don't know. So. <laughs> Clay, pick, you want to pick someone, or you want me to pick someone? We're in a pool. The wedding is happening in a pool. The lifeguard is giving us away, and Brennan, go. Oh my God! Please tell me I don't. I don't have to continue that analogy. You have to <laughs> add a new character to this. No, just that is one hundred percent not happening. No. Um. So, I mean, as far as I, I, I kind of already touched upon a, a couple of things that I need. I not even look for. I like the way that play through the word need in there uh, in an editor. And I really would double down on somebody who really sees it as their job to understand what the story is trying to do and to nurture it and to uh, better it and to drag out the base elements as opposed to making suggestions that essentially put it into their vision of what they would have done with the story. And that can be so common. Uh, I got fucking balloons again. What is this? <laughs> um, it wasn't me, man. Yeah. No, I don't believe you at all. But um, the... <laughs> And my train of thought is just totally gone. It just flew up in the air with the goddamn balloons. But um, no, I mean, I, I really think an editor, it needs to be a partnership. Um, so maybe possibly even closer than a lifeguard then. Just a, you know, a third partner in the marriage. <laughs> um, I, I don't know, man. The, 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 the balloons have totally thrown me off. Anything I had once resembling like a cognizant answer has just, it's, it's gone. But so what I he stand... was trying to say is he just needs me. So he needs <laughs> me as his editor. Let's, they let's all need it. me as their editor. I am their preferred editor. So yes, yeah. makes sense. Uh, Kate. <laughs> I want to hear Kate's answer. I think Brennan's done. Oh fuck! <laughs> so, All right, nice. Kate's okay, so like, I need more wine. I'm an ADHD lady, an hour past our bedtime, and I've been drinking wine. So the first answer 
to whatever the fuck the question was was shark in the pool shark in the pool. second i have a question brennan third partner in the marriage is what is that like uh, a amorous oh uh, I, I mean it's if we're looking for deep meaning it's in the, the analogy, therapist <laughs> Yeah, it, it's, it's, we're, we're okay. not getting it it's just that it's not happening <laughs> i don't even remember what the question was at this point what do you look for in an editor that sounds like oh. the question was okay um uh my editor is she's actually it's funny she's a girl i worked with in 2007 at young drivers of canada and we became friends couple of years later and now she does all of my editing for me. her name is stephanie and she's fantastic because she can call me out on my bullshit and i don't feel offended by it so she can say okay you killed this character off in chapter two why is he back in chapter four you know that kind of thing the consistency where i'm an adhd squirrel so i need someone to corral my thoughts and she does it very well the other thing I use for editing is a beta group. So with my, I have a novel that I started about a year ago and then I went into a depression kind of thing and stopped writing for a while, but it's about three quarters done and I'm going to be releasing it hopefully in January. And I started a Facebook group for my betas and I release one chapter at a time with a list of questions for all of them. So rather than writing from start to finish and then going back and trying to clean it all up and make it coherent, I'm going piece by piece and having them help me correct inconsistencies and things like that mm. along the way. So for someone like me, instead of doing everything in a large time chunk, breaking it down piece by piece has become really helpful too. So between Stephanie, who is my personal savior with my writing, and this band of Mary beta readers who are willing to read it piece by piece and give me feedback, I think that's what's helping me. Nice. Uh, Lucas. Yeah, so I work with a few editors. I mean, it really depends on the project for me, like what each individual project needs. Um, sometimes I really do just need somebody to go in there and fix the typos, you know. Uh, but then other times I I know I have something, but I'm not really sure what I have. And then I kind of need to have somebody that, um, and I do have somebody, uh, you know, uh, uh, where, where we'll just have a conversation about the piece and and kind of break it down and be like, what? what actually is this? Is this a thing? Is this even a story? Um, and uh, I find that process a lot of fun. Actually, it kind of turns into a, I don't know, almost like a party, but with writers. <laughs> Candace. Uh, I don't know. I don't have an answer. Um, what do I look for in an editor? Um, I look for somebody who would treat it like I would when it comes to how I edit for everyone else. That being said, I don't actually have an editor. I edit myself. But I have learned the proper way to edit yourself. And I do have some 
folks who alpha read everything that I write so I can step away from what I write and they are used to how I write so they can point out what I've missed and what the plot holes are and what needs work and all of that. So then it comes back and then I make whatever revisions that I need to make. As far as editing the smaller stuff, yeah, that's all me. But I look for somebody who would hold true to the same type of standards that I use for everyone else. So I guess. Very thorough. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. All right. So now we're going to ask where can people follow you? Followed by final thoughts and say goodnight. So Brennan, where can people follow you? Uh, BrennanLafaro.com has any link I think you could possibly need. Uh, including links to social media platforms that may or may not be dying. Play. I'm lifeguarding at the pool. Um, you can find me there most Fridays and Saturdays. Excellent. Which pool? No, just kidding. Candace. <laughs> um, you can find me at uncomfortably dark dot com and pretty much every social media platform out there and you can type in my link tree as well which is just link tree then my name and you'll find absolutely everything i have hey uh i'm under my name kate young on facebook and i have kate young.com my website and i do my professional movie reviews for Gunrock horror on Twitter under Ghost Story Girl One. Christopher. Um all the social media places and ChristopherRefty.com. And I have a web store called Creftybooks.com. K-R-U-F-T-Y books. That's a fun word. Uh Luke, <laughs> <laughs> Lucas. That's uh lucasmangum.substack.com is probably the best way to stay up to date with me. Um, I've also got a make your own damn podcast on Apple, Spotify, and then I've got a, I started a YouTube channel uh, because apparently I just can't stop doing things. Um, it's a LM horror on YouTube. Nice. Uh, if you want to follow the show, pretty much all the basic uh, main social medias, just look up Deadhead Space. Uh, final thoughts. We will start with you, Kate. I just want to say thanks for inviting me and putting up with my I have no idea what to do on video face. And I am thrilled to be part of this project. Christopher. Um, thank you for having me and putting up with my cat constantly sticking his head up against my chin while I was trying to talk. Um, I appreciate it. And thank you. Lucas. Um, no, I'm just glad glad to be here. Thank you for having me, and uh, I'm excited for this anthology to come out. Spread the word around. Yeah, Candace. Um, thanks for the absolute love fest <laughs> But more so than that, um, thank you to all of you for wanting to take part in this, um, because... I just kind of put it all together, made it look nice, but you guys are the ones who wrote it and put in all the work. So technically it's not my anthology, it's yours. 
So, and of course, thank you to Brennan and Patrick for letting me hijack the uh, show tonight. And Clay, of course, for you, just all of your help and your blurb and your words and your time and co-hosting and coming to play in the pool. So, yeah. Brennan. Uh, I want to say thanks to Christopher, Kate, and Lucas for coming to hang out or uh, to Candice for putting this together and thinking I might be able to write something half decent enough to go in. Uh, Clay, for like, like Candace said, your time and your, and, and for uh, reading the book and uh, Patrick for taking over hosting duties. Good job. Thanks buddy. Clay. Read the book, read the book, read the goddamn book. <laughs> World's ending. You got to read it before the next natural disaster. Damn it. There's many. Uh, my final thoughts are, I appreciate all of you being here. Um, Candace, I still don't understand why the fuck you wanted me to do the forward, but I appreciate it because uh never thought I'd be asked for that. So felt amazing. Um uh, audio listeners can't see it, but for the third time, seriously wasn't me at any of those times. Running has balloons going. I screen. thought there might be like a, a like a trigger word, something I was saying balloons. would send up balloons, I but I wasn't even talking that time. Yeah, I don't even remember what I was saying, but um <laughs> right. damn, I'm getting thrown off. So I do have one thing to say. The last week of uh November 27th, this will be out. Um there I, I got a green light from Candace. I'm not throwing this randomly on the episode, but um my way of trying to get maybe just even one more person to um, either buy or I guess not pre-order. So it would be to buy uh, a copy of Dark Disasters. I'm offering one free signed copy of mine, Hot Iron and Cold Blood, with a handwritten letter for anyone that would want that. <laughs> so all you got to do is show uh, your proof of purchase. Um, anyone who buys a copy, pre-order, or just regularly buy it when it's out. Um, we'll have all that info on our social media accounts. And uh, that that's about it. I, I appreciate you all being here. Clay, thank you for, for saying yes. I don't know why you've said yes to everything we've asked. It's uh, I don't know how you do everything you do. But then again, I don't know how Candace does everything she does either. Um, next episode is with Robert Ford, John Bowden. We're going to have a fun time with those fellas. Can't wait for that. As always, you have many choices in podcasts. Thank you for picking us. Thanks, everybody. Take care. Have a good, have a good one. Bye, guys.